the T-H-A-N-K and the S actually all come from Michael's at 70% off with an additional 20%. So we don't, you know, men, it's not cool to pay full price if you can, you know. But the deal is they were on clearance, so they were missing the S. So I wanted to spell thanks, and so I thought, well, how are we going to do that? It's not going to look right with this. We'll just thank. <laughs> so we went and got an S. We ordered an S that was actually going to look like those, but it didn't make it in time. So we went and thought, we'll have a backup S, and the backup S is red, and there's some significance in that because that's the, uh, these are all t- uh, sermon titles that God's given me. So today we're talking about our testimony. And so our testimony is, is uh, well, I'm going to just tell you, this is a different sermon than I've ever preached before. So y'all ready for different? What's that mean? Y'all, don't like, y'all already don't like what I've been doing, right? I set myself up. But before I go any further, I know Chloe and Carol have already left, but I want to acknowledge Chloe Jane and Carol Hill. Um, all of September, we were acknowledging all the volunteers. And so I brought them up on the stage. I kind of surprised them this morning in the first service. And, and I said, we want to acknowledge them because they and their son Clark have been, been doing communion as far as, as long as I can remember since we've been in this building. Every week they come and they prepare communion. See, you think you just come up here and those acts actually automatically refill from the bottom. They don't. You have to fill every one of those little cups. And we go through three and four hundred every Sunday. And they come in and they refill and they make everything just ready. And then Mark and Kristen, when they come in for the second service, Mark has to go make sure that the rest of them are filled back up. So Mark and Kristen have always been the, they're the second team, so to speak, on communion. But I want to I just um, thank them. Everybody that has served communion, standing up here and holding the trays while you come up. If you've served communion here before, I want you to stand up. Couples, I know it's mostly couples, but not always. I thank God for you guys. So when you see Carol and Chloe Jane or you see Mark and Kristen over there, do you help him, Kristen, or is it just Mark? Sometimes you help him. So help, uh, just give him a thanks because, you know, sometimes we take things for granted. You ever been guilty of taking things for granted or people for granted? I think we all have, but today we're going to talk about our testimony. And I'm going to give you a testimony the testimony today is of the very place that you're sitting in, this building. And we're going to look at Psalm 122. It's, uh, I'm going to read from the King James, the New King James. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 122 or follow along with me on the screen. Now, this it says this is the joy of going to the house of the Lord. Every Sunday. I, listen, I know I work. I mean, I know I've got a job here. <laughs> I love coming here. Mary Lou and we, we love coming to this place. There is a joy when we wake up in the morning. It's not like, oh, I've got to go to church today. It's that we get to go to church today. We get to go into the house of the Lord today. We get to go and worship together with God's people. It is a joy. There is a gladness in us every day that we walk in this building. When we walk in here, we don't take this place for granted. You may, you may take it for granted. You may not have done any work here. You may just came in today. You may have been a late arriver or something as far as a membership. I want to give you, I want to tell you about a testimony of God's goodness and it's all to God's glory about what he has done here. And then I'm going to show you how he's going to bless you through this message. But I want to read from Psalm 122, the whole Psalm. It's a, it's a whole nine verses. And this is David. It says the song of ascents. That means they were going up. 
Now, I just got back from Israel a few months ago, and we went up to Jerusalem, didn't we, Misha? You have to go up if you're going to go to Jerusalem. So when, when they say a song of ascents, that means they were going to go up to Jerusalem, to the house of God, to the tabernacle or to the temple, but they had to go up. So as the song, as they were going up, they were, they, were, they were celebrating. Some of you had to come up the stairs this morning, right? So you ascended up. Weren't you glad that you could ascend up? Some of you say, I wish they had an elevator so we could ascend up easier. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. And it is. It's compact. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony. Say testimony. To the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment. The thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Now listen, I know he's talking about Jerusalem. This today is your Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We bless Jerusalem. But listen, this is your place that you have come up to today into the house of the Lord. And listen, he says, when we come up here, there are, we should be glad about it. We shouldn't be forlorn. Who, you know, nobody likes to be drugged to church. How many were drugged to church before? How many of you were drugged to church today? Ah, I got you. God had saints. They're still up. God wants you to be glad when you come to the house of the Lord. This is a place of celebration. You know, we kind of made it a place of uh, let's bring all the lost people here so we can get them saved. But really, did you know the design for the church is for the, all the Christians to come together and assemble together to worship God in spirit and in truth? It should be a joyful time when we come together. And I know we, 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 there are tears here. And one, one time somebody said, how, many, how, many, how come you have so many Kleenex boxes in the pews? And I said, well, just look around. You'll see people that the spirit of God's on. You know, they'll be crying. God's speaking to them, dealing with them, and and that's okay. I mean, that's what this place is about, that we come together here in the name of the Lord, and we see God do many great and marvelous things here. So I want to give you a testimony about this building today, because I am glad when I get to come in here. I am glad. It says in in verse 4, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. I liken tribes. How many tribes were there? Anybody know? Twelve tribes. Say twelve. Were they all alike? Oh, no, they weren't alike. It's like having 12 brothers. Do you think all the brothers are alike? Uh-uh, no way, no how. But there were 12 tribes, and he was saying, listen, when the tribes go up for the feast to celebrate, he said, man, all these tribes are coming together to worship the one true living God. Now, they weren't very good at it in Israel. They kind of wandered, and, and back, they backslid, and they did all. But when they came together, it was a beautiful thing. But all across this city, you've heard me call when we, we sing that there's an army rising up. There are battalions all over the city. But it's the same thing. There are tribes all over the city, tribes of different kind of pe- people that have maybe not agree exactly with what we say. But we all come together and we're trying. God's bringing down these walls of division in our city where there have been divi- divisive walls for years. You all understand that? Used to, if a church said, we've got an idea, all the rest of the church said, well, that's your idea. We're not going to participate. So we, find, we finally came to, so there's some wisdom in it. We've quit letting churches lead things in our city. We let Christians lead them. We have a prayer movement. There's no one church that says this is the prayer movement of this church because other churches, for some reason, they don't like that tribe. My tribe don't like your tribe. 
And so we're, we're seeing the walls coming down in the prayer movement. Yesterday, over 500 Christians of all different denominations gathered around the city block to pray for our nation. Yesterday in this room next door to honor Debbie Griffin, to bless her, people from all different churches came in here. We, we fellowshiped together and had fun together for a worthy cause to bless her. And God's calling the tribes to come back together. In this nation, he's calling Christians from different denominations to lift high the name of Jesus Christ to come together. And so that's what's taking place here. And I want to be a part of that movement. I want to be a part of that movement. I don't want to be the one that's, oh, no, I don't, you, I, don't, y'all, I don't agree with you guys. We can't worship with you. We can't do that. Listen, if they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for our sins, he rose from the dead, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he's interceding for us, he sent the Holy Spirit on all flesh. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship with them. Amen? Come on, let's get excited about being one. Amen? So when, when we began this work, I'm gonna, this is called In the Beginning. When we began this work back in the year 2000 or so, right, right 1999 or 2000, we began because we had left the church uh, on good terms. We didn't leave on bad terms. We left the church because we were seeking something wherever God was leading us in our life. Mary Lou and I, we didn't know. And there was a few other people that would show up at our house on a Sunday night, and we would worship together. We'd play the, Jeff would play the guitar. We would sing, and we would just seek the Lord. What do you want for us next, Lord? Where, where are you leading us? And so we would meet, and we would pray, and then we'd go home. And we'd do that again the next Sunday night. We'd do it again. And finally, the Lord just said, I want you all to, to reach the unreached. I want you to reach the unlovely. I want you to go where I, I want to send you to go. I want you to be willing to go. We said, okay, Lord, whatever you want us to do. And many of you know the testimony of how he led us downtown. I'm not going to go into that. But he led us to be a downtown ministry, reaching people that a lot of churches said, uh, they don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't, we just, you know, they're just not our kind of people. So, but we said, we'll take them. Because Jesus said, I'll take them. So we, we'll take them. We'll, we'll bless them. We'll help them. And so we began to meet. And for years and years and years, we were nomads. We were like the Bedouins in Israel. You know, they don't have any place to live. They just get land, and the government gives them some land, and they live there. But we were like Bedouins. We were going to this place and that place, and these people would loan us a place. These people would rent us a place. These people would give us a place, and we were just going different places. We'd have Sunday church, and we'd have Sunday night church. Man, it was just, it was kind of crazy for like six years we were doing this, and people would say, where's your church at? We said, well, let me think, where are we at this week, you know? <laughs> and we knew that, God, we were growing, and we needed a permanent place. But here's the thing. We knew that we weren't going to invest our money in buildings. We wanted to invest our money in people. But we thought, how are we going to do that, Lord? How, how are we going to get a building if, it, if, you, if we don't? Have? So God said, listen, I'll work that out. So we began meeting in different places. But all the time when we would take up offerings, we just put it in the bank. And what we did with the, I mean, we helped people all the time. We would pay bills for people and all this. But we were saving as we were going. And so we were accumulating some money as we were on this journey looking for a building. But we knew it needed to be downtown. We knew that. God spoke that to me. He spoke that to my wife. We knew we were supposed to be downtown without a doubt. So one day, a lady in our church comes up to me and said, Pastor, 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 I found the church. I found the building. I found the building. I found the building. Because we were looking at all the buildings. I, I knew about pretty much all these buildings in this city, in this downtown area. She said, it's the Verizon building. So I said, okay. So we walked down there and looked at this building, walked on the outside. Can we show a picture of how it looked, the building? That's how it looked before we got it. We walked in and we looked through the windows and like, man, this, this could work. You know, not even realizing it was two stories and, and huge. And we thought, well, this could work. It might be a little big for us, but maybe we could make this work. And so we, uh, we called the realtor and set up a time to come into and look at the building. And then we asked the realtor, well, how much are you asking for it? 
$420,000. Well, he might as well have said $4.2 million. <laughs> Correct? $420,000. Listen, $420,000 was still a good deal. Commercial property on the river, parking on the river. That, I mean, that's an awesome deal. That's like $10.02 a square or $0.20 cents a square foot. That sounded like a pretty good deal, but, you know, we just didn't have that kind of money. But we knew this. We just, I walked in here. Listen, some people have a, a gift to see things uh, in the natural. Uh, some people see in the spirit. Life. I have a gift in the natural to see things. I can walk into a room, kind of picture where walls need to go and where furniture needs to go, that sort of thing. So when we walked in here, and this was a way different configuration outside there, but walking in here, this was the one big open space. There wasn't a wall there. And I walked in there. I said, well, I know where the, the stage needs to go, and I need where the baptistry needs to go. We need to put a wall up there because we need a fellowship hall over there, and we can use these places over here that are already naturally just built for our, for our offices. I thought, man, this is going to be cool. Uh, and this will work except for the $420,000. <laughs> so I thought, well, how are we going to get, get the money? Well, we had a, God, we had a good idea. When, now, listen, there's a difference. Between, there's one little letter, zero. Oh, zero. Zero is not a letter. Oh, it can be a good idea with two O's or a God idea with one O. And sometimes good ideas and God ideas aren't the same thing. So we had a good idea. This is what we do. We wanted to reach men coming out of prison, coming out of jail. We wanted to have a place for them, a habitation for them where we could train them and send them back, back into the world clean and sober. And we were going to, so we thought, well, we'll take this downstairs. Some of you may not remember this, but we said, we'll use the downstairs for a men's home, a group home. Upstairs, we use it for our church, for our building. And the way we'll do that is we'll get a grant for the men's home. 200 grand is no big deal. We'll go apply for a grant. How many of you have ever applied for a grant before without any history? <laughs> it didn't work so good. And no, we don't know you guys. It sounds like a great thing, but y'all have no history. They denied our grant after all the work that we'd put into it. So we're still trying to figure out how we're going to get in the building. So we met over at our house. We, had a, we would meet at our house, and so we met, and all the powers that be in our little group, our core group were talking about how we're going to do this and thinking about how we can, some people, some of the guys had gone and talked to bankers and and so all, all this talk was going on. How are we going to get the money? And so we were planning, well, maybe if we had a mortgage of this much a month, uh, we, could, we could work. And we're liking around like, we have 75 people. How are we going to pay a mortgage? <laughs> but we were trying to figure it out on God's, in, in, God, in our terms, not God's terms. And I remember at the end of the meeting, Mary Lou made me look really bad. <laughs> she said, you did. Because I, 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 thought, I thought we could work it out. We were, I said we were crunching numbers trying to make it work. And she said, well, y'all can talk all y'all want to, but this isn't going to be like that. It's going to be a supernatural work of God. Okay. <laughs> well, and Mark Oliver's over there. He's Mr. Dave Ramsey II. You know, no, we're not going to go into debt. So, uh, <laughs> hi, Dave. How you doing? So we left there going, okay, what are we going to do? Because that's the building. We know that's the building. And I was, I was, you know, I was discouraged. And so I called Ron Campbell. This is kind of in the early stages with Ron Campbell. Called him up, said, Brother Ron, I, I know you're coming to San Angelo to speak at Freedom Fellowship pretty soon. And we've got this dilemma. We're looking at this building. We really need a place. We're kind of growing. We, we really want a permanent place where we can really establish ourselves and be, have a credibility and so we got this building, and I told him the whole circumstances, and I said, would you pray about it? He said, sure, I'll pray about it. And he, I forgot about it, and he comes the next week, and we 
have a great meeting, then we're going to Cheddar's for dinner that night, as we did a lot of times back then. And so as we're driving into parking at parking into Cheddar's, we get out of the car, and everybody's walking and toward the, toward the Cheddar's, and Ron stops, and he says, Harold, I'm not going to try to do his accent. And he said, Harold, you know, you asked me to pray about the building. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. What did what, you hear? What did God tell you? <laughs> so excited. He said to let it die. Uh, what did you say? God told you to tell us what? He said to let the building die. And I'm telling you, anybody ever had that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach when something bad happens? You know, you've heard bad news or you've been sucker punched or something. It's like that. That's the way I felt. And the rest of the group did too when they found out the news. And I said, okay. But what if God resurrects it? And he said, well, then it'll be God. It won't be you. I said, okay. And so kind of left it at that. And here, let me tell you something. When, I, when you get a word from the prophet and you really it's confirmed and you believe that it's a, a true word, you really need to obey. He says, you can, you can obey it or you can do your own thing. But we just decided we're going to obey the prophet. We, we believe that he heard from God. We asked him and he prayed and he said, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to let it die. So we let the building die and we just we looked at other places, other locations. And um, during, that, during that period of time, we were free on Sunday mornings. We were worshiping at Sunday night because CCSA let us use their building. So we were free to go wherever we wanted to on Sunday morning. We'd, we'd visit other churches. People would invite us to come lead praise and worship. Once in a while, they'd invite me to preach. So we had this connection with this little church in Brady, Texas, New Song, that these guys know about, New Song uh, Church, a fellowship, right there on the top of the hill in Brady at the old junior high school. And they'd ask us to come lead worship one Sunday. So we came and led worship. Then they asked me to come back and preach. I said, okay. You know. And when I got the check for what they paid me to preach, I said, I'll preach every Sunday if you need me to preach. They, they, were, they blessed me good, didn't they, Marilyn? They blessed us. And like, yeah, yeah, I'm available. <laughs> so we made a connection with these guys and, and got to know the pastor and the elders. And, and they, were, they were very gracious to us. And so I told them the story about the building and, and um, told them what our heart was to do in the city and downtown and minister to people that were having a really difficult time. And one day I went to the post office box because we didn't have a location, so we had a P.O. box for our church. Went to the P.O. box and got mail. I opened up a letter from New Song Church, New Song Fellowship. Opened it up, and there was a letter. It said, Dear Pastor Harold, just want to know that we love what you're doing, we believe in you, and we want to sow into you, your ministry. And in that letter was a check for $10,000. Yeah, it's glory to God. I, yeah, I started. It's not cool to cry at the post office, but I did. <laughs> you know, and I. I went home, told Mary Lou, and just showed her the letter. And, and then, then their elder, Rick Wilson, said, he called me and said, Harold, do you mind if, if I intervene a little bit on, your, on the Verizon building you're looking at? And he said, I used to work there, and I know some people. I said, okay, go for it. And I said, I, you know, it's, it's wide open. We, we're just letting God do this. He said, I think the problem is you've been talking to a, you've been talking to a corporation or a real estate company. You need to talk to a person. I said, yeah, but I don't know any persons, you know. And he said, but he said, but I do. I said, okay. So time passed, and we're still doing our thing at CCSA. And Jack Perkins, a great friend of ours who had, had been diagnosed with cancer, where I'm walking with him. I'd gone to San Antonio with him. And I'm walking down the hall at the VA hospital with Jack Perkins, and I get a phone call from the, the Verizon realtor. 
Now, I'm going to tell you how this is, listen, this is a testimony to how God works, not how Harold works. So I'm walking down the hall, and I see the phone, and I answer it, and he said, this is a, they've assigned me to this, this property. They've changed realtors. Apparently, the guy I talked to, I wore him out, you know. Are you all coming down the price yet? <laughs> and this guy says this. I don't remember his name, but he said, I got an email from somebody higher up in the Verizon Corporation, and they said, I needed to work with you people. I needed to work a deal with you people. And I said, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I said, he said, what can you pay for this building? And I, I knew what we had in the bank. And I said, we can pay $100,000 cash. Now, mind you, they were asking 420. 40,000 square feet, two-story stucco, commercial property on the river with parking. I said, we can pay $100,000 cash. He said, okay, I'll get back to you. Click. I said, oh, man. We wanted something more than that, you know. And I don't know, it seemed like an eternity But we, before we got another call from but we went to a conference in Big Sandy, Texas. Y'all remember that? Bill Johnson was the guest speaker. It was about 150 pastors. On a Friday night after that service had been over, I got out and I looked at my phone. I had a missed call from Verizon, from the realtor, Stallback Realty. And I thought, oh, man. He said, give me a call. So I called him the next morning. And he said, this is so-and-so from Verizon. And... um can you verify that you have $100,000 in the bank? I said, well, I can Monday. This is Saturday. He said, well, if you'll verify that you have funds for a hundred, if you have that much money, we are going to sell you that building. Woo! Woo! But he said, there's one catch. You're going to have to buy it as is. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, we'll take it as is. You know, like I had to think about that. So I get home and I call the bank and they verified it. And then we had to go and uh, work out all the details and sign the paperwork, and we had to pay $10,000 down to hold the building. And all the time, listen, guys, we heard rumors, people wanting to buy this building. Uh, time Clock Plus, different, different, corporate, different companies were looking at this building. We just kept saying, God, if that's our building, hold it for us. If it's, if it's your will for us to be in that building, hold it for us. So the day that we finally uh, did the deal, we, had, we wrote a check. Let me show you what the check was for. Now, see, it's less than 100000 That's counting the 10000 That would be 98506 It's kind of funny how God works because they said, well, there are some prorated taxes, so you don't have to pay those. So it's actually less than $100,000. So we pay $98,500 for this building. Now, that figures out, listen, that figures out at less than $2.50 a square foot. Commercial property, 40,000 square feet, two-story stucco building on the river with parking. I am telling you, that's the testimony of God. That's the witness of God. That's God saying, I can do it better than you can do it, Harold. I can do it better than your core group. I've got a plan that far exceeds what you even think I can do. See, we limit God, don't we? We limit what God wants to do in our lives and what he can do through us and how he can move in our our lives. We limit him so many times in our lives because we think we're going to do it our way. And God says, listen, take that O out and just put it, make it God's way instead of a your way, not instead of a good way. So we so we um, purchased the building. And yet when we purchased the building, that was only part of it, guys, because then we had to remodel it. It wasn't, it was, listen, we had to re-license it for an assembly instead of a workplace. So we had to put sprinkler systems in. How many of you thank God for the sprinkler systems when you walked in this morning that cost $75,000? 
Oh, and these alarms, we, it had alarms. Guess what the fire department said? The alarms that you have are outdated. You need lo- new alarms. And that was another twenty dollars to $30,000. And we had to do that. And you said, you've got to do this. We had to put car. We had to do all the get chairs. I mean, all these things that you see around you, they just didn't show up. Kind of like those little cups with the juice. They don't just show up. Somebody has to partner with that and has to do some things. But I want to tell you how God did that. Because God is, is graceful. We had the money to buy the building. We didn't have any money left, hardly. We had a few thousand dollars left. But we hardly had any money to start the remodeling process. So we had this great, big, empty, ugly building. And I thought, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this, Lord? How, how, how are we going to pay for all this? And I want to tell you that God is graceful. I want to tell you a couple of stories. Mary, I, that Mary Lou told me, reminded me of one. The first thousand dollars was given by our daughter. Our daughter who was in college. Uh, had started a job, didn't have hardly any money. She said, I want to be the first one, Mom, Dad. I want to give $1,000 on your birthday. And so she, she called us. And she said, I'm, I'm sending you $1,000. We said, well, thank you, honey. It just moved us to tears. And so we're, we're in San Antonio, and we're for Mary Lou's birthday. And she's in a store shopping for clothes. And this lady, said, Mary Lou gets the call from Tressie, and she, Mary Lou's crying, and she goes... <laughs> Like, the shirt, the shirt doesn't fit. This blouse doesn't fit. No. She get a call. She get a call from our daughter. And she's crying. And she goes. And the sales lady says, ma'am, why are you crying? And she said, well, she told her the story. Our daughter gave us $1,000 for our building and all that. So she just walks off. Goes back in the back room. Comes back and says, here's a check. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> she didn't know us from anybody. She said, I want to sew into that. There's a guy that used to cut our hair that moved to Dallas uh, after that. He had gone to church with us when we were at CCSA, and he had moved to Dallas, had a shop there. And he got the email from me that we are trying to get raise money to get into the building. And he, and he said, and we get a check from him, from, from Steve, and he sends us a check for $1,000. He said, you're not going to believe this. He said, I was kind of struggling. Should I give 1000 Should I give 1000 And he said, I, I was wrestling with it, and I get a call from a lady. She said, do you remember that clock that you bought from the estate sale? He said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, that clock means a lot to our family. And if you would sell that back to us, we would, very, we would, just, we would want to bless you for selling that clock back to us. And he didn't tell me how much he gave for the clock, but it wasn't much. She said, we're going to send you $1,000 if you'll send that clock to us. And he said, when, I, when he saw that, he knew I was supposed to give $1,000 to Freedom Fellowship. And the money started coming in. The money started coming in because God, people believed in us. People believed in what God was doing. But the, the, but, the, but the most awesome one was we lived, across, we lived on Shafter Street, and across the street from us was this little poor little old widow lady. Her name was Sudie Craig. She had a little bun, a little, you know, she's gray-headed, and, and she, uh, her house didn't look very nice, and she had an old Chevy 2000 uh, station wagon. You know, they, they're the ugly station wagons. If you owned one, I'm sorry. They're just an ugly little station wagon. And she would, she would fire that thing, and it would just smoke, the blue smoke. And she would she'd almost peel out of the driveway, and then she would back it in every time. She was backing it in. And she, you know what she was doing? She was going to get some smokes. She said, man, I, that's the only time she would leave her house to go get cigarettes. But we got, to, we got to know Sudie. We got to really enjoy, like her, and we would go and visit with her. So when, on, a, on a Thursday night, the women would have their Bible studies at our house, and they all bring food. Mary Lou would cook. And after, the, after they would get through, she would say, Mary Lou would pick, fix a plate and some dessert. She said, take this to Sudie. You know that poor little lady across the street? I said, okay. And I'd take it over to Sudie, and I'd say, oh, Harold. She talked real low like this. She's, Harold, thank you so much. I just love Mary Lou's cooking. 
And I found out that she, after, over time, that she was a re- reformed alcoholic. She loved Jesus. She had all sorts, I mean, but she had a lot of ailments and a lot of problems with her kids. And can you pray for my children? Yeah, let's pray. And I'd pray for Sudi. And so one day, we get a check in our mailbox from Sudi Craig across the street for $50. And on the memo, it said, for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. So she's so poor, that poor little widow lady sent us a check for $50. Next month, $50. Next month, $50. Next month. And I always said, for the sake of the gospel. One day, we get a check for $500. Whoa, $500 for the sake of the gospel. Awesome. We were just going over there and just blubbering, you know. Sudie, this is awesome. Thank you. And we'd pray for her. And she was she just, just so friendly. So one day I had uh, the opportunity to go back to Brady and preach. She calls Mary Lou because she's calling. She said, can you send Harold over? I need to talk to him about finances. <laughs> Harold's not here. He's preaching in Brady, but I can come over. So Mary Lou went over. And she said, well, I've got a check here, and I want to give some money to Freedom Fellowship. I know you are trying to get in the building. We were trying to remodel it and get in before Easter, or Resurrection Day 2008, Easter's. And she said, I've got to, I want to give some money to Freedom Fellowship. She said, okay, Sudi, how much do you want, and what, what do you want to do with it? She said, well, I want to give $10,000 to Freedom Fellowship. $10,000? Well, she showed Mary Lou the check. I'm not going to tell you the amount of it, but it's an oil check, and it was a lot of money. And she said, Mary Lou, she start, we cry a lot. So she, she's crying. She's calling me on the phone. She's running over the house. She's calling me on the phone. She's got a little, one of those little short shofar. Hey, Harold. Yes. No, it was a little one. It was that one. Oh, she blew the big shofar. <laughs> she said, she said, Sudi's giving us $10,000. We're getting close to where we can do the finish, the remodeling, and the restrooms and get into the building. And I started, I was driving back, and I, was, I started crying. I had to pull over the side of the road, you know, wipe the tears. And so I get home, and, and Monday I go over to see Sudi. And it was a holiday. So I said, Sudi, I'm... I just can't thank you enough. She said, well, Harold, I've got this check here, and I need to give some of my grandchildren. I need this and put this in my account, and how do I want to do it? And I called Carol Hill at the bank, and he told me how to do it. He was at home. He said, well, you can, he said, you don't need to come to the bank. You just write checks, however it is, and deposit her check. I said, okay. So she said, give 10000 of freedom, this much, and this much to my grandson, and this much to this. And so I added it all up, and I said, well, Sudi, you've come up $10,000 short. Where do you want to put it? And she said, well, put it, oh, no, she had 10000 left, yeah, over. She said, well, just put that in my account. I said, okay. She said, nope, don't put that in my account. Put that in Freedom Fellowships. I said, wait a minute. You're saying you want me to write a check to us for $20,000? Yep. <laughs> I said, well, you think you ought to talk to your kids about that because they might think we're over here trying to bilk a, a, a little widow woman out of all of our money. I'll never forget. She's gone to be with the Lord since then. But she said, Harold, I am of sound mind. I can do with my money what I want to do with it. My kids have plenty of money. So she, I'm telling you, that's my God. That's my God. And we had enough money to complete it and get in the building. But we had to do a lot of work here. So I wanted to show you what this what some of the work looked like. I want to show you what's in. You may take it for granted what it looks like in here. First remodeling. Yeah, that's our, our, our older logo. That's me with a do-rag. Uh, one of the few times you'll see me with a do-rag. 
That's Jeff putting up ceiling tiles. Fun job. This is where you're sitting now. That's the sanctuary. Uh, this is looking at the fellowship hall. This door on the right goes backward toward the kitchen. There was actually a hallway back there then. Next picture. There's Jeff. He's a little overweight and a mullet. And, uh, and that's the sound booth. Okay. That's Charles and Pam guests. That's Pam telling Charles what to do and how to do it. That's Wes and myself. We were putting up the freedom sign that was in there and some pictures and hanging some things. And that's that wall right there. It's not completed, but that's the wall that separates us from the fellowship hall. Why do I, why do I even tell you all this? Why do I even show you these pictures? Because I want to tell you something. People told us we were crazy. They said, you can't do anything downtown. We had one man say, what do you mean you're, you're going to put a church downtown? Don't you know everything's going out west? There is nothing downtown. Right. When we moved here, there wasn't nothing downtown but a bunch of dilapidated buildings. But guess what God's doing all around us? Look at the river. We have the, we have the best landscapers in the world that come and plant grass and edge it and mow it. And they don't charge us a thing. It's a city that takes care of our, all of our landscaping. We have a parking lot across the street, AT&T, leases to us for the grand total of $1 a year. I am telling you, that's how God works. I don't want to keep up a lawn. The only lawn we keep up is that little strip out here by the bridge. That didn't need my property. So God has got this great plan for us. When people said we were crazy, when, he, when people said that building has been cursed, because here's the thing. When we looked at this building, we did research in this building. We found out why a lot of people wouldn't buy this building. Because in 2003, a man left his, his doctor's office. He was on medication. He came into this building, and he shot his employer and killed him. He then walked, he ran or walked to the back of the building with that same gun and he put that gun up to his head and he shot himself dead in this back area where the kids go. And a lot of people that day, Verizon stopped inhabiting this building. They said, we are not going back in this building. I know people that worked here, there then, and they would not come back in here. And Verizon just, it just became a little skeleton crew trying to keep the, the phone lines of San Angelo going. They were all downstairs. And I'm, I'm telling you that to say this. When they told us about that, guess what we thought? Oh, really? You mean a, a place that was a place of death? Listen, it's going to be a place of life. Whatever the enemy meant for bad, God's going to turn this for good. And maybe two people went into eternity. But not, I don't even know their, their spiritual status, but I know that there have been hundreds. I know their spiritual status today and where they're going to spend eternity because God said, this is the house of God. And I was glad when they said, let us go into this house. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. I'm telling you, he's good. We have... Had supernatural favor here. We, when we moved into this building, and ever since the day we moved into this building, guess what? We have never borrowed one penny toward this building. It's all debt free. That's a hallelujah. I'm telling you, but God, because if we would have borrowed the money, we'd have been a slave to the lender. And God said, no, don't do it that way. I've got a better way for you. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. The enemy may say that you're not worthy. The enemy may say that you are corrupt. The enemy may say that you're not worth it. The enemy may say, well, there's a lot of dead things in your life. 
and you can't do anything for the kingdom of God, you'll never be worthy to step out and do anything in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you that you are God's building and he can resurrect whatever the enemy has torn down. I want to read a scripture for you this morning before we close. First Corinthians 3, 9 says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Say, I'm God's building. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the spirit, the spirit of God dwells in you? The spirit of God, the treasure, he dwells in these jars of clay. And I'm telling you this morning, you may have come in here. You may think I'm not I can't do anything. And God says I can do all things. You can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. We've got to quit thinking in our in our human minds, in our fleshly minds and begin to see things in the supernatural. Because when we walked into this building one Sunday night, I said, what do you see? What do you see? It was about 75 people in here. It was just empty. And I said, what do you see? And people said, I see baptisms taking place. I see salvations taking place. I see people getting delivered. And I see people getting fed. I, I see so many things. And listen, those things have come to pass. Because we believe in a supernatural God that can do more than we ask or even imagine. But it's not, God is not limited to brick and mortar. Listen, we are his building. He loves us a lot more than he does a building. He loves us. He loves you. He has this beautiful plan for your life. And maybe you can't see it today. Show the last picture. Maybe you can't see it. Like I Listen, this is me at the age of six or seven. I kind of got a little wink in my eye, right? A little, a little glimmer. The, the thing about it, I'm in a train. I'm in a train at Neff's Amusement Park, and the building behind me is this building. You can't read it, but it was Alco Ranch Mocks at the time. They made, they made uh, house shoes here before it became General Telephone, GTE, and Verizon. Before that, it was a motor company, wood motor company. They sold Fords. This was a showroom floor. When that picture was taken, I had no idea of God's purpose and plan for my life. I had no idea, even though I'm winking there. I think God said, I wanna, I've got a picture for you that you'll see later on. <laughs> You're going to pastor that church someday, that building. Is that incredible or what? But see, it's got this perfect, beautiful plan for you. And you may not see it right now. But I'm telling you, if you will trust him, if you will hang on to him, if you will follow him, he will reveal these things to you one moment, one day, one one phase, one season at a time. He'll reveal these things to you that are more than you can think or imagine. They'll exceed all those things. This has exceeded anything I could have ever thought about. And God did it. And God is faithful and he will do it for you. He is no respecter of persons. He will do it for you. He would because of faithful people, he will do it because of people that said, I don't care what the odds are. We're trusting God. I don't care what our bank account says. We're trusting God. God, can you use a little widow lady across the street? Yeah, he can. I didn't think he could. I, I know I had no plans for her to so into this building. And she sowed money after that. That's unbelievable. Never set foot in this building. Never set foot in here. But it's a part of the life of this church, of this people, of you, of me. So this morning, I know I've gone over. But uh, can I just close with something that I think is really cool? I looked up the Hebrew word for Thanks. And the, thing, the word for, for thanks or, is yada. Say yada. 
If you look at it, the other, if you just look at it verbatim, it's like yada, 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 yada. It's yada, yada. And if you don't look up words, listen, you need to do word searches because it's fun. But you go back and the, the literal meaning of yada is to shoot. To shoot. To cast. And I'm thinking, well, what has that got to do with thanks? And I thought, okay, God, what are you showing me here? He said, well, Harold, what does sin mean? To miss the mark. Miss the target. Like, a, like you're shooting a bow and arrow and you're shooting at a target and you miss it. That's called sinning, even in archery. So when we miss the mark, we're sinning. Well, God says, if you will give me thanks, if you will shoot towards me with thanksgiving, I'm telling you what, you won't sin as much because you're always continually keeping the arrow pointed at me. We've got to become thankful, more thankful people than ever before. Listen, if you want to walk without, if you want to walk without being muck, in the muck and mire of sin or being drugged down by sin or the old sin life, the old, the old patterns of your life, then become a thankful person. Thank him for your finances, even though there may be nothing in the bank. Thank him for their health, even though you may just have one leg. Thank him for what he's doing in your life. Quit, thank, quit complaining and griping about what you don't have. Begin to thank him for what you do have. It says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We need to start thanking him. Stand up, please. Can I have our ministry team to the front? And I'd please, if you can, kind of don't leave. I've got a really important announcement to make. And, I, and the praise team, just go ahead and come on up. See, God's taken a picture of you a long time ago, and he's got a destiny for you. He's got a book written about your life. And the only way you'll fulfill that destiny, I believe, is to become a thankful person, thanking God, keeping your eyes upon him, not upon your circumstances, but keeping your eyes on him. We're all broken vessels, but God can use broken vessels. He can use a building where there was a murder-suicide. He can use a life that was dead and walked in sin that has been brought to new life through Jesus Christ. So bow your heads and close your eyes quickly. We're not going to not belabor the invitation, but I just want to pray right, very quickly. Lord, right now, for those in this place, that the dreams have died, resurrected dream. Father, for those in this place that think they're unworthy, may they know they're worthy in Jesus' name today because you died on the cross through your son Jesus to make them, you, they're worth something. and You died for that. You died for the creation that you made. And today that they would become to walk, they would walk in the newness of life, not in the old. In Jesus' name. Father, for those who are in this place that are dead in their sins, they've never stepped into the newness of Christ, that today would be their day of salvation. Father, whatever you want to do in this place, may we be willing to let you do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you need prayer this morning for anything, just step out and come quickly. We want to pray for you. Join in the church. If God said, this is the church I want you to be a part of, come on. Don't, don't wait. But if he said, there's another place for you to go, go serve there. But wherever God said for you to be, you need to be. You need to be serving him there. You need to be looking for, the, for those, the, all these things that he's got for you. Because he's got these plans and purposes and dreams for you that he's ready for you to grab hold of. So this morning, just step out and come. We want to pray for you quickly. I want to pray for you real quick. Thank you, Father.
need prayer. We got some people on this side. We can pray for you. exciting guys doing God's will it is exciting being in the center of his will walking with him it just truly is anybody else can you pray if you don't I just want to ask you to sit down we're gonna five more minutes and then we're gonna let you go